Artane Podcast. Hey, Ganger Artane. I'm here to tell you about ABM Conversations, hosted by Yag Ganesh, brought to you by the HubSpot Podcast Network. His podcast helps B2B marketers and sales professionals explore strategies, tactics, and real experiments to drive revenue, customer engagement, and retention. He recently had an episode that fits right into our customer success sweet spot about how to create personalized content experiences in B2B SaaS, something that you all should check out. So go listen to ABM Conversations wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back to another episode of Ganger Artane. Coming to you live on a Wednesday. South Carolina was not supposed to ever get this cold. And I'll, I'll be honest, the last week is making me a little, little depressed. It's like frosting or my car outside is like, had ice on it. Add some temperatures. Like, I mean, like, what are we talking? We're talking like near 32. It's like 35, 36. Okay. That's cold yeah. for you Probably guys. in the forties now though. It's going to be like 60 Fahrenheit today though. Right, Jeff? Yeah. It's supposed to be. Oh, there was so ice on like, my windshield. Like a nice this- spring day. <laughs> There was ice on my windshield this morning and I was like, oh crap. Like I turned the windshield wipers on. I thought it was like condensation. It was or dew and it was actually ice. So I went and used my hand just the heat from my hand and I like rubbed the window and it got it off. So do we not what have remote that's, starts? Does this is like a, a start? not in that car. It was my Jeep. So uh, I've got okay. a, right, this is fair. like a that was like a such a Boy Scout move, by the way. I would have never thought to use the heat from my hand to warm the windshield. <laughs> I mean, to, I also <laughs> wouldn't be giving away my heat to my car. Like but I, I was just I'm commenting cold, on how like... little ice there was on the wind on the windshield. <laughs> mm-hmm. Don't you have the defrost like the the ice melting windshield wiper fluid, or is that not something you guys put in your car either? Nah, uh, sometimes sometimes See, these are all like little these are like yeah, yeah. little tips hey, and tricks that just to let you know stuff. too like south carolina doesn't buy we don't have salt trucks and we also don't have snow plows so you have snow like, plows like five years ago oh, when we had why would we need this we had a dusting of yeah. snow it literally shut down the entire city for like a week because we i love i love to hear from cities where that's the case and i'm like we yeah. try to throw us here's 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 us uh you know southern people we tried to throw sand on the ice and see if it would help <laughs> <laughs> we have plenty of sand that we have a lot of that yeah um all right, all right. christy what are we talking about my weekly question how are you how are you this week one to ten i'm a seven I have a, I have a caveat hold on sorry one oh, to 10. Okay. And then um, what is something that you're looking forward to? Like what is like a, a vacation or a concert or like a dinner or something? It's like, what's like one thing you're looking forward to in the next days, weeks, months? Okay. So my week is a seven so far. I'm feeling, I'm feeling a seven, which is definitely improving off of my like previous weeks of like Very, four, five, yeah. and sixes. Um, <laughs> my, my NPS uh, power five and a half. You're, neut- um, you're neutral. But so my thing that I'm looking forward to, my daughter, Adriana, just got her report card today for her second semester. She's a 99 average. She's taking hey. two, uh, two regions classes in eighth grade and like crushing them. And I don't know, like, nine, I, like, I'm so impressed by her. She still manages to like work hard, maintain a social life play her sports, find time to spend countless hours on TikTok and still pulled off that average. And I'm just like kind of in awe of her right now. That's cool. So our our thing to celebrate is we are going to go out. She wants to go shopping this weekend, of course, 13 year old girl. So we're going to take her to the mall. And then one of our favorite restaurants is nearby. So we're going to go out and have a nice celebratory dinner. Cool. That's cool. One to 10. How you feeling? And what's something you're looking forward to? Um, I am. I'm, I'm strong seven today. Trending positively so headed headed maybe toward an eight we'll see how it goes today um gosh what's one thing i'm excited about we're gonna go 
we're going to go take a quick trip to Florida over a weekend, a long weekend upcoming pretty soon. So it'll be nice, cool. to get, nice to get out of the, the cooler weather into the warmer weather. Hopefully it'll be warmer when we get. Yeah, yeah. Florida's so, normally yeah. warmer. So yeah, Gulf Coasts, you know, Destin area. It's beautiful. So yeah. Uh, our, How about you? Our CMO, Erica, knows a lot about that area. You should ask her. Oh she yeah, goes to, she goes to Destin a lot. Um, Does she go to the, doesn't she go to? Isn't there a? What is the name of the? It's like twenty three. Thirty A. Yeah, I was like some number. Yeah, thirty A. Yeah. Okay. Um, I'll talk. I'm a, I'll yeah. I'm gonna go with like a seven. You know, I'm trending towards like an eight. I think we're I think we're all having you know good good upswing good uh, movement. I, I would like say um, something I'm looking forward to. We're gonna take a trip um, at the end of March to up to Asheville. We always love to go to Asheville. It's like a four hour drive from here. And so, uh, it's something that we just booked recently. So I get to look forward to, to that. I don't know. Right, it's always for us that don't know Asheville. Like, I mean, is this like, you're going to the country or you're going it's to like the mountain? It's like the, it's, it's in the blue Ridge. It's like, it's like uh, a cool, um, sleepy ish town that's getting bigger and is getting more, more widely known, but it's, I would say around the Southeast, it's like one of the places you go, if you want to kind of get in the mountain scene, get like a cool little downtown area. They've got a ton of breweries. They have a ton of activities that you can do around um, a ton of great art. houses that you, Airbnb oh, arts, craft, like music. Culture. Yeah. A lot of music. Biltmore, the Biltmore state is there. Oh yeah. That's really so, cool. Yeah. So actually I think we're going to do the Biltmore. Great Wait, Jeff, gonna... I got to ask a question. Are you planning a baby moon? That is our baby moon. I just, that is your baby moon. Okay. I wasn't going to, uh, I, I recently learned, I used that. I asked term, because I was I like, used, it felt like this is the time that we might be thinking about a baby moon. I, 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 That's uh, a new thing, by term. the way, we didn't have any baby moons. I used that baby term in front of my mom and my mom literally was like, what is this millennial? Like, oh, it's like baby, baby moons moon, and push like, presents. Those are the two oh, things yeah. now that women are now capitalizing on. That was the other thing I, I had told her about. And she's literally like, oh, your dad had it so easy. Like this guy <laughs> had did not have to do anything. I mean, it's things. not too late. She should go back and ask. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to, I'll make sure. I'll make sure and tell her. Um, all right. So I think there's a couple of things that would be be fun to talk about today. Um, Jay, I know you have something that you dropped into the, into the Word doc. Um, but before we get to that, I think Christy, you and I were just commenting back and forth before Jay even hopped on. Um, it sounds like you've had an interesting conversation with your, your kind of customer success team recently about, uh, just different ways to engage customers and trying to figure out, you know, how can we, how can we do some of these things at scale as we start to grow and, and find, um, I would say still find meaningful interactions, right? I think when we all use the word scale, I think everybody's mind jumps to like, oh, that those customers mean nothing to us right there. Oh, we're just going to put them it's in like this a push activity, right? Like, yeah, just it's like, just it, keep it's pushing like something that, stuff at them. Yeah. It's, it seems like it's, it's become like this negative, uh, connotative word. And so, um, I think it'd just be fun maybe to talk through how you're thinking about that. Christy, I can give you some examples of what we've tried to do recently, but I think, I don't know, it's like, we have to like remove the stigma around like, Hey, when we say the word scale, it's not a bad thing. It's that we're, it's that we're trying to help customers drive outcomes, meet each other. We're trying to do things um, in a more collaborative space in a way. Um, and obviously that impacts us because we we have you know a business and we're trying to make sure that we can effectively and efficiently run that. But also we're still trying to make sure that we have outcomes for customers. Can I, can I give like one more yeah. piece on this from a context perspective? I think it's, I, I actually made a post about this over the weekend to and you know, I got some comments back like, well, are you saying like we shouldn't have one-to-one -one relationships with our customers anymore? No, that's not at all what I'm implying. 
So I like went back into that post and removed a comma and I think it made it better. But the, <laughs> the, the, what I see happening in a lot of customer success teams, including ours at times, is we have a relationship with a customer and it, and it ends up being released based solely on the relationship with one person mm-hmm. instead of a relationship with the company. Now, people relationships make a relationship better, right? So we want those strong relationships, but when it's dangerous is when, so when a, has a customer success manager, Christy ever come to you and said, Hey, or, or, a, or a manager come to you and said, Hey, if we lose so-and-so we're going to lose this, these 10 customers because they just love their CSM. Like that should never, I mean, ever. Gee, I was that. CSM. I, I was going to say but that was Christy. I remember that story. For a second. My first company, as soon as I were at Bright Edge, uh, Oracle was one of my accounts that I had when I was an individual contributor. As I continued to move up as a VP, I still had to work with Oracle because Oracle only wanted to work with me. And when I left the company, there was real risk with one of our largest customers that they were going to leave because I left. Okay. And it wasn't even because we didn't try to build relationships, but my relationship was so strong that they like really drew me in, in a way that they felt that was like their lifeline to the partnership. So how, how do you, and this so is a perfect segue. This is a perfect example to talk through how to, cause that's great. Right. But especially now people are leaving jobs more frequently we have a lot more turnover. Like we need to have strong relationships, customers between customers, customers to the CSM, customers to our executive team, our product team in some ways to our communities. So how do we prevent that from being such a big risk? I'm not taking anything away from how good of a CSM you were or are, right, Christy? But like, how do we, like, I would say that you didn't have, you weren't providing enough value in your product. And from your brand, if that, if there was very real risk when one person left the company with an, with an account like Oracle. I mean, I don't know that I'd go that far. Right. I think that they were using, I mean, the platform it's different, right? We were a digital marketing solution where like they really could have just exported their data and imported it into something else. And like use a similar ish tool. Not that it was the same, right. Every tool is a little different. Um, but it, it just, it was an interesting situation with them. And like, listen, I, I want to believe that Oracle is still one of their customers. I don't know. Um, this is like nine years later, who, who knows? But, um, you know, what we did is we, we tried to get creative. We tried to pull in other people. We tried to like establish relationships across their entire business with other people across our organization. We yep. made sure that they were using the technology as intended often, right? It was a part of their core program. I think that the things that the team really latched onto was the consultative way that I did act as an extension of their team. Right. And so I think they got what they got, they needed from the product, but I don't think that they believed that they couldn't get similar value from another product. And the real value was in the consultation I provided as I guided them through that. And I think this could just be a a situation, just the space that we were in. Right. I don't want to say, I don't want to commoditize any of the solutions out there, but I do feel like they felt like, Ooh, what I get here, it's like, it feels like I'm getting professional services or managed services yeah, on top yeah. of the partnership, okay, partnership and that had, that had significant value. That is a big difference. And, and I think that's a great, um, that's a great way to think about it from a framework perspective. If you're providing services that are almost like agency type services or managed type services, then it is more of a person to person relationship. So 
you know, then the, then the question is still like, how do you build additional value so that it's not just an agency service? It's not just a product. It's, it's, it's both. What do you well, I mean, we're thinking about that a lot now, and I'd be curious to hear what you guys are doing, but one of my 2022 goals was to make sure that I was allocating a certain percentage of my week every week to meeting with customers and leaning in. I mean, I'm in a unique situation where our customers are, are, are my peer, right? Yeah. And so I can be consultative to them. I could kind of show them behind the curtain what we're doing, right? So I can provide a different level of value than I think most people who are sitting in a head of customer success you know, spot. Yeah. Um, but right now, like what we're doing is I'm trying to get diversified customer success managers involved in all of our accounts, right? So through these programs of either um, office hours or our masterclass series or these types of things, I'm also meeting with, I mean, like this week alone, I'm just looking at my calendar. I've got 22 customer meetings this week. That's a lot. Wow. Um, I know, but I'm trying to allocate at least every other week a majority of my week, my time to meeting with our customers and having these conversations and finding ways that I can provide, again, additional value in my role, right? My CSMs are doing a killer job in the day-to-day. But again, to your point, we don't want to have single-threaded relationships with our customers, but we also don't want to have single-threaded relationships internally in our business either. That So that is actually an interesting point that you make because I think there's some CSMs out there who might look at at that and say, oh my gosh, my my leadership team has to meet with the customer. I need to be involved. I need to know what details are happening. I need to know what is discussed. Like I need to control the situation as much as possible. Right. And I think uh, it's like a double-edged sword, right? It's like, we want CSM to be thinking about that, right? Hey, hey, we want them to, to take ownership of the customer and think about, okay, what are the right things to be talking about? What are the right relationships? But on the flip side, you also want to make sure that they know, hey, we're supporting you in this, right? This is an effort so that you don't get burned out by just one customer and that you've got other touch points so that when push comes to shove, right? When we have a tough negotiation or when we have a situation that goes wrong or when we have a situation that goes great, there's actually somebody else that we can bring in who has had conversations, who's established some sort of communication and dialogue with the customer. And so I think that's also something that's interesting. And I'm glad you, point, I'm glad you pointed that out, Christy, right? Like, it's not like the CSMs are doing anything wrong right now, right? They're actually killing it, but- no. Oh, my this is amazing. A, but it's yeah, about intentions, is, right? We talk about setting expectations with our customers. I think it's setting expectations with your team and also being clear what your intentions are, right? I'm not reaching out to these customers because my team's not doing a great job. I'm reaching out to help them, right? To provide another layer of service and support to really embed our partnership further into the relationship we have here. Yeah. So um, I think that's one angle, right? Is It's kind of this, I think we're talking about kind of key relationships, right? Okay, let's get you know, Jay as chief customer officer, let's get Christy as uh, the leader of customer success, VP of customer success. Let's get her, you know, in front of customers um, and let's get Jay in front of customers, right? Like that's one, let's get the executive team kind of introduced in these relationships. I think that's one way to try and help, you know, build, uh, build more relationships and kind of get out of the single threaded piece. Um, I think before we were hopping on Christy, there was an interesting angle we were just talking about, which is, you know, outside of bringing in executives or other team members, you know, what are ways that we can help customers um, meet one another. What are ways? What are ways that we can help customers uh, get education? You know, in a different in different environments. How can we help make sure that they know best practices or that they get to um, kind of engage in different ways? And so, what are some of the ways? Or what's I don't know. What's something that you've been talking about with your team recently about how to do do scaled customer success um, as you as you start thinking about it? 
Sure. So, I mean, one thing that we did launch uh, this year also was our masterclass series, which we kind of gave the ownership of this program to one of our CSMs who is like really energized by being in front of customers and, and, you know, leading webinars and things like that. So it was a great way for us to give her more responsibility, but doing something that she loves. Um, and so we found that the masterclass series has been a really great way to make sure that customers are aware of all the things our platform can do and how to do it and the value output of doing those things, as well as showcasing some of the ways that we do it here at Client Success. So that's been one initiative. Now, I want to call out your post this morning, Jeff, about how you guys have successfully managed to do office hours for the customer success community over the past couple of years, because the other thing that came up was is this something we should introduce at client success? And I will tell you, like we got mixed emotions of both excitement and fear because I think everyone on my team has seen office hours go really well and also really poorly. And so I'd love for you to share, both of you to share a little bit about like, what do you think would be an effective way to launch this? Or like, what are the learnings that you guys have had over the past couple of years on like, what makes them great? How to make them great? Yeah, so there, so yeah, we, we're floating a test balloon because I think we get, we've gotten asked this question quite a bit um, from our customers, from our, we actually, there's posts in the community, which kind of triggered the idea this morning. Um, and Jay and I were talking about it yesterday, but I think there's, I wrote down like three things that I think about. And there's, we have like this, we have this playbook that we've started building around how to run office hours. So it goes beyond this, but I think there's three things that I at least think about on how to run an effective session. The first is energy. It sounds so innocuous and it sounds so trivial, but I always, like, I was a big sports player growing up and my biggest mentor was my head basketball coach for about six years. And he was my best friend's dad. And, uh, Mr. Basirko would tell us there's two things that you can always control, which is your attitude and your effort. And so if you can come in each practice each day with the right attitude, with the right effort, then you're going to be able to control a lot of what you do of your output of your. And so I think about that quite a bit. And that, that to me translates into energy now, like that's the word that I'm using, but it is, it makes such a difference. I mean, think about the zoom calls you get on today or the webinars you get on today. Think about the ones that start with, Hey, welcome everybody. It's so good that everybody's here. We're going to go through the, we're going to go through the announcements for the first 10 minutes, and then we're going to get to the content, right? So very different than if you walked on and it was Jay, good to see you. What an awesome face. Like, so glad that you're here, Christy. Amazing. Your, your room looks so good. I can't wait to get to this stuff, right? Like it just changes the dynamic of how you get in the room. So energy is like number one on my list. Number two is you have to be strong. And I, and, and I use the word strong because of a couple of reasons, but I think of strong in, um, I think I've seen these things go wrong. Like customers can, they can almost like downward spiral conversation, right? They can all pile onto each other if you're in the call. Oh, I have this support ticket. Oh my gosh, I had that support ticket too. Oh, and now we don't have a reply. And, and now we're like down a wormhole. And, and then that's when you're like, oh no, that's happening, right? How can you be strong in the beginning to say, here's what this meeting is. Here's what this meeting is not. If these types of topics come up, I'm going to put that basically into a, a box on the side, right? We're going to make note of it. We're going to come back and follow up, but that's going to be moved to a box. So how can I be strong in that meeting? To, I mean, we are, they are looking to us for um, direction of the meeting, right? Like we are the orchestrator. So if I can be strong and I can the meeting in the right way, then we're going to deliver the outcome that we want. But, you know, you can't let somebody commandeer the room. You have to be okay with jumping into people and interrupting. That is something that I think people have to get comfortable with. That's different than on a customer call, right? Sometimes on a customer call, you don't want to interrupt because you want them to actually keep talking. There, there's something that you don't, you know, want to jump in on. So I think about being strong in the room as the second um, and I think about 
the, the third one that I wrote down um, here was um, like, think, think about how to change the dynamics in the Zoom room. Like, and what I mean by change the dynamics is that typically everyone is in a Zoom call and it's like this. I see the same four boxes, five boxes, and we're sitting in the same thing. We are looking at the same people. It is, you know, I go on mute, you know, Jay comes off and talks and it's the same cadence, right? So how can you change the dynamics? I want to go into breakout rooms, right? You don't want to create too much chaos, but okay, we're going to go into breakout rooms for about a third of the time. Or, hey, I'm going to ask people to stand up. Hey, even if you don't have a standing desk, can you stand up? Can we get you moving around? Can we get things that happen? But how can I change the dynamics so that it doesn't feel just like another Zoom meeting? Like that's the thing I think about with that word of, of like changing the dynamic is that I want it to feel different than the other 17 Zoom calls that you're on for today. And if I can make it feel slightly different, then you're going to have a different out, outcome or different take on what the meeting is. So energy, I think of being strong in the room and making sure you can orchestrate. And then I think um, about changing the dynamics. So those are three words. They're like concepts that I think I just have picked up over us running these sessions that kind of stand out to me. But Jay, what else? No, I think about? you're, you're, I mean, it's all amazing. And Jeff, Jeff's become, I would say, world class at facilitating. A virtual meeting of any sort and it's not just our office hours that he does this he he will he'll come into my staff meeting and do this kind of stuff and it's great because it's it just brings the energy level up everybody's got a bunch of crap going on everybody's busy but that energy level yeah I'm, i just appreciate it so much you know having somebody to do that the the thing that comes to mind when you say all those things jeff is just leadership like these calls you just need somebody to step up and truly own it and, and be really aware of what's happening in the room and like little things like, you know, Jeff talked about the breakout rooms. That's important because you don't just want to have a big call. You actually want people to make a few personal connections, right. On these things. And you want, when you do these office hours, kind of setting uh, sessions with your customers, you want customers to meet each other so they can share stories. They feel like they're part of something bigger when they do that. Um, so that, that's very powerful. Um, but yeah, I just, I think there's just so much to be said for this, especially over the past two years, right? Because, but, but we get a ton of mileage out of continuing this, even if we do go back to traveling, because guess what? You could do this every single week. You could do it two times a week, three times a week with different customer cohorts and have the same positive outcome in an experience that people enjoy without having to you know, wait for a big annual event to happen. And it just makes such a big difference. So find a facilitator. We're giving away all the secrets here, by the way, to, to how this, this works, but it works. Um, it's pretty, I'd say the, the two things that out. the, the one, or the, the thing that I think about too, Christy, as we have um, crafted, I guess, like what the session is and what it is not is like, could going back to what Jay mentioned, right? We want customers to meet each other we've had to go and have so like a lot of conversations internally, right? It's okay that we are not talking about our product directly for an hour. It's okay that we're asking customers to come off of mute and talk to each other. And it's okay that we're not going to be in the breakout rooms to know what they say, right? It's almost like the same thing about what people were saying about community before we, before it became a thing, right? It's like, oh my gosh, they might be talking about us in that community over there. It's like, that's, that's going to happen, right? It's okay. And so I think the thing that I think about it are, we typically have crafted it around two questions, which is, can I, can I get you to meet one new person? 
to me, if I can get you to meet one new person, it grows your network. There's a value in it for you. And if it's yep. the right person, that's even better, right? Hey, Christy's meeting another VP of customer success, or she's meeting another VP of marketing and it is going to spark a relationship and they're, you know, this person's in the Northeast. And so they might get to meet up in New York city and I get, I get credit for that later on. Right. The second question is, can I give you something actionable? And this is something that I think we started honing in on early on mm. yep. falls or how many sessions, webinars or things that you sit on and you say, man, that was actually, that was a, that was good 60 minutes, right? It, it might've been well worth spent, but I didn't leave feeling like I could go implement something tomorrow. I left feeling like, oh, I have a lot of ideas that I could implement over the next 12 months and things that in a perfect world I'd get to. And so I think about how can you, especially if you're going to bring customers together for an hour, how can you make sure that no matter what they leave with something that you can, you can go back and say, all right, well, at least you were able to implement one thing from that session and it made it worth it because it was that one thing helped X, Y, and Z. So those are the, the way that I think we've crafted those things too. Getting your business running in ship shape isn't as easy as clicking a button, but it is as easy as implementing a CRM platform that's purpose-built for you and your business. Other CRMs can be cobbled together from disparate systems, but HubSpot is carefully crafted in-house for enterprise or scaling businesses alike. Its suite of operations and sales tools work together seamlessly so you and your team can focus on optimizing the customer experience. For all my ops folks out there, the Sandbox feature lets you test and iterate workflows, web pages, and integrations before going live so your customer user flow is perfected before it gets into production. For the sales teams, team email lets you turn customer emails into tickets or send them straight into your shared inbox, keeping everyone on your team in the know at all times. Learn how to grow better by connecting your people, your customers, and your business at HubSpot.com. All right. I think well, we I overwhelmed you. And I, you didn't overwhelm me. I'm taking all these notes and I'm soaking it in. I'm just now, I'm trying to engage in this dialogue right now. But in the meantime, my head is like somewhere else planning out what I want to go do <laughs> and how I'm going to go run off this call and go do a follow-up with my team. All right. So here's a question that I have for you guys. Yep. Over the course of the couple of years that we've been running this down, you've introduced and brought on other folks to lead these conversations. Walk me yes. through that, right? Because I feel like I could go and run office hours effectively for my community, for our company, because I know our customers. And I, I think I can do the things that you've meant. I think I have energy. You do. You can. Right, let, let, I, I don't have energy. I know I don't do. I see, what you're, I see where you're going. I, I know that I'm strong. I know I can control the, the forum. And I do think that I can orchestrate a change in dynamics. I think I can do those things, right? So when I think about myself and my ability to do it, great. I don't want to lead these. I want yeah. my team to lead that, yeah. right? So what are some of the ways that you guys, as you've brought in other folks that aren't Jeff, that aren't Jay to go and lead these, how did you coach them and develop their ability to do the three things that you both can do so well? Because so, Jeff is world-class, Jay, you said it yourself. So how are you now scaling bit, this? Because you can't run it all forever. That's a bit much. Right. Um, True. So there's, yeah. So there, I, I think of a couple of things um, and I'll, I'll preface this too, right? I actually think, so I think we did a great job of this early on at Gangrotain. I think it's gotten a little away from us because I think we've we've tried to take a, a, a step back and let others, you know, hey, we're, we're letting the community kind of run it, you know, not run itself, but we're letting the community members take ownership and get accountability and responsibility. Like they, they wanted to do those things. And we're trying to give that. But I also think that with that comes the caveat of it's not going to be at the standard that you always expect or that you always want, but you need to find the coaching moments and yada, yada. So, but I think of a couple of things first, I think you have to identify the, like the person, I think this is the more and more that 
um, I've thought about this. I think that a lot of these things come like natural to people that is a skill set that should be kind of coached, blossomed, whatever the word. So I think you have to find somebody who naturally does this already. Like you can tell, right? You jump on a customer call, Christy, with a CSM, and all of a sudden you're like, oh, this person has it, or this person, this person might be a great CSM, but this person has the it of like being able to run that type of session, right? So you kind of have to look around and I like we even actually we pulled in for our our ones at Higher Logic, we pulled in um somebody from our services team. So somebody, Christy, that honestly delivers services that is like um or strategic services, you know, for our customers who has a you know great dynamic, who's been doing this for a long time, has got the expertise or knowledge to kind of stand in the room, but they can they can do this. The second person that we brought in was an actual former customer who is on our marketing team, it's an evangelist, but she runs a customer session for us that we call Hug Connect. It's like our, our version of office hours. Uh, so I think you have to find the right person. Second is um, we we developed like a two, two page document that we would train people on and that we would walk them through. And so we would essentially document all of these things, all these attributes, like you said, right? Like you think you might have energy, but here's some examples of how you can bring energy into the room. You think you might be able to, to control the room. Here's some ways that you can make sure that you're doing it like throughout the room, right? How, how you can move a conversation from one to another, you know, interrupt somebody if you feel like they're going too long, um, things like that. And then you like the third factor, you know, about changing the dynamics, here's some examples. So we, we would coach people on this two page document and go through it. The last piece that I'll mention is um, think about it like a coach and like a, a, I'm a sports fanatic. So think about it as a coach and a sports player, right? Like how can you review the film? How can you go in and look and say, okay, Hey, Christy, like I, I sat on that call for the first, uh, I'm going to sit on the first three or four of these that you do. And it's purely so that I can just try and give you some coaching and some feedback and some, you know, excitement. So that's one way for us to get feedback is like, Hey, I've, I've run this type of session before. I know what we're looking for. I'm going to sit in on this. I'm going to try and help give you the best tool, tools and tricks, right? Hey, oh, I, I would have thought about doing X at, you know, minute 20. And it sounds far-fetched, right? But it's the more we can coach, the better that it's the outcome is going to be. And the last part, we ask an NPS survey, NPS-ish survey, zero to 10 score um, after every single one with comments. And we were religious about those being part of the session. It wasn't a, hey, we're going to take this and, and internalize it, right? It was for the first five minutes of next week's session, I'm going to go through this feedback. And it's for the sole purpose of two reasons. One, to let you know that we're actually reading this and we're trying to change and get better so that you know that if you fill out the survey, we're actually listening to it. And for two, I want you all in the room to hear what others are saying about these sessions and the feedback that we're getting and how the, like how we might change the dynamics and why we're changing these things. And so like that type of feedback, I think, um, was really valuable for us crafting the, the way the sessions went. Okay. I'm going to ask a question. So now let's remove it from gain grow retain right we know this this community everyone wants to participate everyone wants to help put yourself into a SaaS company and i can't even use mine because i customer success too so we're gonna yeah like you like a, manufacturing yeah <laughs> like give me give me yeah. something like i don't know di different uh yeah. with a different different customer uh kind of dynamic would you like do you think this could still be effective with a less engaged audience with with individuals who might be less comfortable engaging, taking themselves off camera, standing up? Like, do you feel like this, no matter who the audience, that this could be successful? I do. But the caveat is, I think you have to, I mean, you have to read the audience. 
and you have to prepare them. I think the reason that these things fail is that you, you might say, let's just take the manufacturing example, right? Hey, we've got a lot of manufacturing executives. Um, we want to get them all into a room. So we're just going to send out an email. We're going to say, hey, we're running an office hour session. We're inviting 100 people. We hope you all come. We have not prepared them for the type of environment that we want to create and the outcomes that we're trying to generate from the conversation. So I think the preparation piece of here's what the session is going to be. Here's what we're going to ask of you. If this is the type of session that you want to be in, then like this is the space for you. If, it, if you don't feel comfortable coming off camera, if you don't want to participate, then this isn't the session for you. We're going to run webinars and you can be, you can be on that, right? Um, like we'll run webinars and you can join and you can sit in the back and you don't have to say anything and you have to, you do not have to participate, right? That's a different type of environment and session. And so the preparation piece to me is like the key of getting somebody comfortable enough to do that. The other thing that I would say, as you go launch this, and as companies think about doing this, you got to find your seed to people. You got to find the first yeah. five to five to seven people that, you know, are going to help you see the conversation. Christy, you were one of our seed people for Ganger Otain office hours. Andrew Marks was one of those seed people, um, uh, uh, not, or, um, Nils Vigneault yes, was yeah. one of those people, right? Like we, we pretty quickly found the first like 10 people that said, Hey, if we can consistently make sure that these people show up in the beginning, we know like Christy, we knew you had energy. We knew you were, you were going to have opinions and talk. We knew Andrew was, we knew, right. So we, if you can find those people, right. So I think if people who are, are going out there and trying to lead, like start these sessions or lead it, the like the easy thing to do is just reach out to your CSMs or even to like whoever it is in your like in your customer organization and say who are the five to ten people that we know are vocal that like to be um, you know that like to to kind of have a little bit of public recognition who want to be involved in this type of thing and can I go have an individual conversation with them that says hey we want you to help us seed this you're going to be a part of this special. 10 people that are going to start this session for us. We want you to co-host it. We want you to, so like bringing somebody in and making them feel like that at the beginning is probably going to be something that will help you make sure that this is something successful in the long run, right? Now you've got 10 people who feel a little bit of ownership for it, even though they're not tied to your company, they, they want to be the seed. They want to help kind of grow it from the start. So I think, it, so I think the answer is yes. I think there's just some caveats. You have to read the room. Like another example real quick is like, I know we've got a lot of friends in cybersecurity who've talked about this. People don't want to come off camera. They don't want to be recorded. They don't want to think, right. It's a very, um, it's a, it's a very secretive is the wrong word, but, um, <laughs> it's a very inquisitive community of people, right. They, like they are, um, it's, it takes a lot maybe to be trusting is, is the word I'm thinking of. So, um, so yeah, I think it can work. It's just that, okay, we're not going to record these sessions for those people. Right. Um, maybe we, maybe we have to have the first couple of sessions. We're not going into breakout rooms, or maybe we have to think about how we, we put the right people in the right rooms. But like, I think it, you just have to kind of craft it for the audience and be okay with adapting and changing. Um, like this is something that we <clears throat> think over the first eight weeks, we, we changed the way that we ran these sessions over the first eight weeks, like six times or five you remember, times. You remember the first one, Christy? Do you I, remember remember? I was on the first one. I think I didn't join until probably like you guys had already done three. Okay. Well, the first one, I remember it vividly. It was a panel panel discussion we had megan bowen we had who else do we have Jeff? we had um ziv that's hacker from um andrew no aaron 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 anyway it was a panel format and we sent the survey out afterward and in the everybody that was on that call it was probably what 30 50 people on that first call we just harvested from linkedin um and they said you know great it was cool but you know, we'd like the chance to talk live and ask questions. And Jeff and I were like, oh, well, awesome. Let's just do that next week. And that's what we did. So 
what I would say is do something like Jeff threw out this test balloon thing on, on LinkedIn. If you didn't see it, like what is today, the, the 9th of February, you should go look at that. But um, like to, I would say before you even read the room, just know your audience, like have a conversation to your point, Jeff, with your target people, Christy, you're doing 22 calls this week, right? So you could say, not that you have this challenge, right? You could get people on a call and no, no problem. But if you're in, you know, talking to 22 manufacturing operations customers this week, you could say, Hey, um, we're thinking about running a small group discussion, you know, with you and, and, you know, five or seven of your peers that look just like you in different parts of the country. Would you be interested in sitting on that? And we sort of facilitate it. You could talk about best practices. We have a couple of topics we're going to tee up. Would you be interested in that? And then you've, you've prepped them for it already. And then you tell them what the format's going to be. One of the things that one of the other engagement techniques that we use on these calls that I don't know if you mentioned this or not, Jeff, but it's part of that leadership thing. And this applies to your staff meetings and other meetings that you have internally as well is calling people by name if they're not participating, right? But you want to set expectations that that's going to happen. So Jeff and I have been on calls where we pulled people together in that kind of environment. They didn't expect that that was going to happen. And we called them by name. They're like, uh, I was actually not paying attention. I was just <laughs> listening, right? Or so, so you do have to prep people for, for what these things are. But, um, but I think know your audience and don't be like, don't be afraid to just get in there and try something and then quickly iterate. Once you, once you get some feedback, either live in the moment, live for, or from, from a survey, and then just, just evolve it. Like it's probably not going to end how it starts, right? When you, when you develop a program like this. And so trying to come up with a big master plan and then deploying it, that's, you know, that's a recipe for mediocrity. So I would say just go do it sooner rather than later. Don't wait and then iterate it every single week until you get it to where it feels right. And it'll feel right to your customers and they'll start talking about it. So I was on a, we had a, we had some customers come and talk to our team for SKO and our CXKO last week. And I was just so thrilled because one of them brought up what we call hug connect higher logic user group connect, which is like our live event series where all of our office hours are actually housed basically is the way that works. And this woman brought it up unsolicited. She was like, I love Hug Connect. It's just such a great chance to connect with my peers. Blah, blah, blah. Awesome. We, we hit the nail on the head, right? And so that's what we're trying to shoot for is, is that, you know, that kind of experience for people. The other thing that this just reminds me of too is, is like all these skills I think we're talking about are great to just translate to your other meetings in your day-to-day -day yep. life. Like, there's nothing worse than getting on a zoom call with like 10 people. And then there's like no conversation, right? It, Cause you throw out a question, right? Hey, I'm leading a meeting. And I just say, Hey, anybody have any feedback on these slides that we're looking at, right? Dead room. Nobody says anything, but just change it slightly and say, um, Hey, I'm going to go around the room and just, and just see if anybody's got any feedback. Christy, I'd love to start with you. Do you have any specific feedback for this slide? Anything that you're noticing, anything that's happening, you know, what, what's, what's the data telling you like come up with a question, right? But now it changes the dynamic. Now I've got somebody who wants to jump in first. It goes back to the old principle of like, uh, um, I forgot what it actually is, but it's like, if everybody sees a car crash, nobody goes to help because they assume the other person's going to go, right? It's like, when you throw out a question, you assume the other 13 people in the room are going to say something, but they're not. They're going to wait for, everyone's intuition is waiting for somebody else to speak first. So mm -hmm. like, yeah. those are things that you can take to another meeting. This is good. Uh, what okay. else, Christy? I'm going to ask one last question. And I feel like this might just, we're, we're going to have to end on this topic and not touch on anything else today because it's just so good. Yeah. Um, my last question is one other thing that you guys did 
that I thought was really awesome is that you split out and you did office hours for individual contributors and you did office hours for leaders. And I'm assuming that that was very intentional. What do you think, what would be the advice or guidance that you would give to folks, me specifically? Uh, and is that a strategy that you think is necessary, right? Like, is it enough? Can you bring the community together as a whole and everyone is one? Or do you feel like it changes the conversation, the dynamic, and you really do need to split it out based on who the audience is? I'll let Jay, I've been talking a lot first. So I'll let Jay. Well, I, yeah, I mean, the, the simple answer there is we started out with a leadership group, right? And we always had CSMs in it. Like mm -hmm. anybody can be a leader. We believe that. Um, and, but what happened over time was that as, because there are so many more CSMs and there are people in, in actual CS management roles, the, the volume, it sort of got imbalanced. And then the conversation was going more toward topics that would be relevant to an individual contributor, which is cool, right? Those are conversations that need to be ha happening and need, need to be had. So what we said is, well, let's, let's split that out. So, so we can have a group focus exclusively on that. And then we can continue to have relevant conversations about leading teams, you know, organizational design, uh, segmentation, all the strategic stuff in alignment with sales, all the kind of stuff we talked about in the leadership office hours. We don't preclude anybody from going to either. And I think I don't have the data on this. I'm sure we've got it somewhere, but if you look at who, who participates in those, they're, they're, there's a lot of cross-pollination too. Like some people will go to both, right? And, and get value and give value in both. So, but it's really more catered. It's again, knowing your audience, knowing the persona that you're trying to engage with. We have another one too, CS Ops, that, that we, um, you know, have, have prioritized in, in various times. I don't know if we do it consistently right now, but that's another very discreet kind of role in audience member. And then, you know, I think, over time, Jeff and I have noodled around this idea of just the whole scaled customer success community kind of engagement programs. Like, is there, is there a track there? Maybe, right? Because the, you may call it a CSM, but if they're running a scaled program, they're more like a marketer. So what, what are they trying to do? And, you know, put it, putting them in with, with people like birds of a feather, you know, that, that look like them and are doing similar things, that's really important. So just being attuned to that. It can help from a marketing perspective too, right? To really know those personas well. Yeah. I think you just have to be cognizant of putting the right people in the right rooms together because I don't know, there's nothing more deflating than getting into a room and kind of thinking, you know, this really isn't my audience, right? Hey, this is, this is either a click above or a click below what I'm really thinking. And, um, you know, I might hop into a room with a chief customer officer group and I might kind of say, Hey, you know what? I'm not actually thinking about these things on a day-to-day basis. I hope to be there one day, but it's not really the conversation for me. Or you might go the other direction and say, you know, I'm a leader or I'm a, a people leader, but I'm now hopping into a, a CSM conversation. You're kind of like, well, that doesn't really impact my day-to-day because -day I'm, I'm more worried about how I can enable my entire team, not just have a one-on-one -one -one conversation with a customer. So um, here, I'll give you a, a, quick, a quick snippet. We're going to, we are um, thinking about how to curate even like a smaller group of discussions, right? Where we've, we've kind of done this, scaled approach of hug connect like jay mentioned where we've got that rolling for our customers and now kind of the the offshoot of that is okay let's get into um similar kind of we want a little bit more scale but we also want it to be a little little tighter um and the idea though is that can we can we create and craft an experience where we are very thoughtful ahead of time about who the invites are the types of roles that are in there and then can i even place people 
Can I get to know, can I get the CSMs to give me a couple of details about each of these 15 to 20 people that I'm going to invite in the room enough that I can, I could put the right people in the room, right? I could put a Christy and Jay together because I know their energy is going to be infectious. I know that they're going to be really inquisitive with each other. I know that they're going to, you know, so can I start to know a little bit of those details? Um, I think the thing that just comes to mind for me and the reason why there's two things maybe that I've just become, I guess, passionate about in this, which is I, I, to Jay's point, I, I don't, I would not call myself world-class this, but I think what I've realized is that, man, this is such a skill set to have over, I mean, yeah. my career now, like this is something that I'm going to be relying, I can rely on. I know that, um, I know that it's something that not everyone can do and that it would stand out, you know? So when I eventually move to another job and another career or whatever it might be, I know that this is something I can take with me. So that's kind of one thing that sticks in my mind. The other thing is, is, uh, you realize especially over the last few years, you realize how many sessions that people put out that are so bad and that are just getting something out the door. Hey, I'm just throwing up this landing Checking page. the box. I'm, I'm getting Check out the, the door. I'm getting it done. Right. You realize that. And so no. I, I like, even right now, I had a conversation with our CMO yesterday to talk about our annual conference that we're going to put. And the thing that I'm challenging is like, how do we make this a curated and crafted experience enough that people want to talk about it so much afterwards, right? I don't want this to be a Hey, thanks for attending our five days of sessions. I'm so glad that you got, you know, seven and a half hours of content over five days that you absorbed zero of, and that you have zero ties to, <laughs> and that you're not going to watch again, and that you're never going to like, just think about how many companies just do that right now to check the box. And it's like, like, so this idea in my mind of like the preparation matters when it comes to these virtual sessions and the small details people will notice, right? Hey, Christy, if I, put you into a room with certain people. I'm hoping that afterwards you reach out to me and say, man, I'm so glad you put me in the room with those people. Did you think like, how did you think about that? Or did you know that I would, you know, want to be with those people like that? That is what you want people leaving is that that feeling of like, oh my gosh, they prepared so much that this wasn't an afterthought. This, can all, sound, this all can sound a little bit much, right? A little bit intimidating, but I think the other piece here is don't, don't worry about uh, don't boil the ocean, just do one thing and do it well, start there, right? Because a lot of teams, especially in earlier stage companies, your CSM team might be doing this, right? Or a small marketing team might be putting on these kind of, these kind of engagement events. So start simple, but do it well, you're going to get so much more mileage out of it. And then the other thing I think, you know, Jeff and I have, we subscribe to, you know, a few marketing people like religiously that, we try to get as much mileage out of the content as we possibly can afterward. I don't, I wouldn't say we've mastered it, but we're always thinking about like, how do we take that content and make it useful? Because those discussions are really, really valuable, right? In the moment. And then can, can that be turned into content that we continue to use to provide value to the members of our community, whether it be gang retain or our customer communities at higher logic and, um, and really continue to just draw people in, give value, keep them engaged because we're giving them so much. So start, start small, build from there. That's literally what we did with, with office hours. That was the thing. Just said once a week, we're getting on an hour long call. That was it. And then it grew into this thing that's now getting routine. So I think I've decided after this call, I've got a webinar today. I think this is going to be my last webinar. I don't think I'm going to do any more webinars unless they follow a very specific format. Now, I get asked to do oh, webinars oh, oh, every oh, once in a while. One you were invited to participate in. Exactly. I got it. Okay. Exactly. Like, I don't want to be a talking head. That's not really interesting. All right. I'll give you a quick story. And then I know oh, we got to wrap up. 
So I went to uh, Dreamforce back in like oh, 2012, 2013. And I was scanning the, the sessions and I looked down and I'm like, I see uh, Gary Vaynerchuk is going to be speaking there. I'm like, oh my God, I love, I, even back then I was following Gary V Gary uh, before everybody else knew who he was. And um, I was like, I've got to go see this guy. So I went to a session. There was maybe 15, 20 people in this huge room, <laughs> like scattered across. And, you know, he gets up on the stage and gives the same, almost the same exact spiel he does today. Right. And if you don't listen to him, he's this brash, you know, New York, sort, sort of like Christy, this brash New York. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> Way more brash than Christy. Uh, New Yorker, great guy, Im immigrant family, um, you know, started an online business on you or basically around YouTube, you know, way back in like the early mid 2000s, I guess, and just sort of has crushed it ever since. Um, anyway, um, the moral of the story was he was like, the first thing he said was, I don't do slides, F slides. He just started cussing, you know, I was like, all right, this is gonna be good. And he just started talking. So we spent the first 10 or 15 minutes, like just giving his story and, and like basically telling everybody what he stood for and the vision that he had, like his big thing is one day he's going to buy the New York Jets. That's his, that's his dream in life. It, it, it is the, the goal that fuels everything else that he does. He wants to buy the Jets, but, um, and then he just started engaging with the audience, asking them questions, having people ask him questions and going back and forth. And if you listen to the podcast, his podcast now, it's still very much like that, right? He's like, like, I'm going to, I'm going to provide you a few minutes worth of, of value that I think is valuable that you might want to hear from me. And then we're going to engage. And I just, that format is always stuck out in my mind, no slides. So anyway, I think I'm going to give up webinars after today, of course, because I've got one today. So I, uh, I agree. I am. I don't know. I'm, I don't know if Christy is starting to lead her a lot of her own sessions too. I, I mean, I think, you know, I think at this stage, like we've, we've all done this enough times that we kind of know what we want to do and know what we don't want to do. And it's probably like, how can we go find the things that we want to do more often than not? But Christy, Christy's basically, they're almost like courses, right? Christy, like you're teaching. Yeah, people well, we're doing, skill, yeah, uh, it's more it's like, it's different. like the, the framework of like, how do you go and execute some of these like very common customer success programs? Um, and it's very educational in that sense, right? It's like the why behind the thing, the how to do the thing, how we do it. And then here's how you can go and do it. So yeah, it's a little different. I'm not coming in there like conversationally on, on some random discussion. I, yeah, I feel like I haven't been on like a panel in a very long time or any of those things. A lot of my attention focus has been on educating the community, right? And so sharing those learnings, templates, best practices. And I feel like personally, that is more fulfilling for me. Mm -hmm. I like that because I also, I love, I love to see what people are doing with the content that we're sharing. You can always tell how genuine and authentic these things are based on how you have to sign up for them. Can I go join the thing? You, is there a public link that I can just go join the thing or do I have to give you my email address? And is it have to be my business email address? It's not, it doesn't have to be your business email address, but there is a registration to join, but there is, but it's open for everybody. Right. It's not like we didn't yep. do these things for our customers. We don't talk about client success. Right. So it is platform agnostic. In fact, because I'm so familiar with so many solutions in the market, I give you things that you can go and plug and play into Gainsight, Catalyst, Tatango, Turn Zero, yep. Clients yep. Matter. And yeah. so that was like a really big, important factor for me is like, and then I show people, here's how you can do it in Excel. Here's how you can use a Google Doc. Right. You don't even need yeah. tech. 
to do the yep. things I'm telling you to do. Um, and so yes, you still have to reg, but I do feel like the content and, and what we're doing, you can give me an email address for that. Yeah. yeah. No, well, that, that's right. <laughs> that's different, right? It's not some, you know, I, I've got, I'm just going to have a conversation in front of you as some quote unquote thought leaders. It's no, I mean, like, some real value thing. here. We give all of our decks. So every deck I build internally, every, all the work that I put in to build our programs here at client success and work with my team and we go back and forth. So by the time we share with the community, they've already been iterated on with feedback from customers and the team. And then we're sharing yeah. it out. And I don't ask awesome. for anything. You get the, the, all the templates, everything's on my website, go download it. You want it? Here you go. Yeah. That's and awesome. I'll tell you, it's funny because now I see my customers' presentations are actually my decks. Yeah, that's cool. All right. Thanks for, let, thanks for letting me go on a diatribe today, Christy. That was- No, uh, honestly, like I took like 10 posters <laughs> worth of notes over here. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go build my office hours now based off of uh, your I framework. Uh, I didn't mean to, but Jay and I were talking about this yesterday. We had posts about it today and then we talked about it when we hopped on. So this was very timely. Yeah, this is why we look at LinkedIn posts before we start these conversations. <laughs> all right. Good conversation. All right, we'll see you all soon. All right, guys. Thanks so much. Right. See ya. Peace. Bye. Hey, everybody. Jay here. Thanks for tuning into the podcast. You know, this started as a labor of love for Jeff and I a couple of years ago, and it's really turned into a movement around customer success and community, and we couldn't be more thrilled to be a part of it. Um, we grow this by word of mouth, so we'd, we'd love it if you're willing and you find value in what you hear on this podcast. Leave us a rating or a review on, on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. It'll help us grow and, and provide value to more customer success professionals. Also, if you haven't yet, please sign up for Gain, Grow, Retain, the online community. It's gaingrowretain.com. You can meet other people, make one-on-one -on -one connections, share ideas, get ideas, grow your career ultimately. Um, be on the lookout also for live events, both in person and virtual this year. We're excited to get back to that. And thanks for being part of the community. We look forward to talking to you soon. Hey guys, thanks so much for taking the time to listen to the Gain, Grow, Retain podcast. If you liked what you heard, please take a moment and share the podcast with your friends and colleagues and subscribe. We really appreciate it. Talk to you soon.